Everyone struggles with fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, or some emotional issue. But what if I told you that you could exchange that life for one of victory? Are you interested? My name is Mark McKinn, and I'm joined with Dr. John Woodward. And together, we want to guide you into a complete and victorious identity in Christ. Our desire is for everyone to know Christ as Savior, Lord, and life, so that you can live victoriously, disciple strategically, and counsel effectively. Welcome to Glimpses of Grace. Welcome to Glimpses of Grace, episode number 10. How are you doing, Dr. John? Great, Mark. So glad to be with you and to have a special guest with us today. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. And before we welcome her in, I just want to say how amazing this past series has been in the podcast, talking about our co-crucifixion, our co-burial, our co-resurrection, and our co-ascension. And I hope that all of you listeners were blessed by that, learned a lot about that. And again, we would love to hear your comments, your feedback, what was helpful, what questions you may have, and you can reach out to us at hello at gracefellowshipinternational.com, and we would love to hear more about what you have to say. John, you got a word for us, and uh, we have a special guest with us as uh, we did this on episode four. So in every episode, we have a glimpse of grace, but today is going to be a really fun, it's going to be great. Uh, You might laugh a little, you might cry a little, I don't know, Uh, but we're going to have a glimpse of grace that's going to be the whole episode, a special guest we have with us today. So John, give us a little word and then introduce us to our special guest. Well, we want to start with a verse of Scripture from the book of Psalms. In Psalm 40, verses 1 to 3, I love how this describes the value of personal testimony. I waited patiently for the Lord, the psalmist writes, and He inclined to me. He heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and revere and will trust in the Lord. Amen? Amen. And so I believe that all of us who have experienced God's grace want to give glory to Him and to share what He's done in our lives so we can encourage others. And so we've invited our friend Monica to come to our office. She was in town to talk about her spiritual journey. And uh, we're going to ask Monica to talk about some of the things God's been doing in her life, especially the last two years. Monica has been about two years uh from the time we first got to meet you through Zoom. So we want to welcome you to uh, Grace Fellowship today. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, Mark, what would you like to say to start out in terms of our conversation with Monica? Yeah, Monica, just tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit of your history, where you grew up, a little about about you that will help our listeners to know who you are. Well, I grew up in Texas um, from the Houston area, I moved here to East Tennessee um, almost two years ago. Well, tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey. When did you become a Christian? I became a Christian, um, gosh, well, I was going to church ever since I was a little girl with my grandmother and my mom, but um, I really gave my life to Christ whenever I was in my mid-20s. Okay. That's amazing. Grandmothers, godly grandmothers. You got to love them. I mean, I bet there's a lot of people that are listening right now to the podcast that automatically just went to 
a godly mm-hmm. grandmother who either took them to church or even in my scenario, I had a godly grandmother. And while I was in college, uh, I actually went there because it was free lunch. But what I didn't know is that God was using her to bring me to him. And so I didn't, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, but I would go and eat with my grandmother and she would just speak just godly truth over me without judgment. Like she would never say, you know, you're doing this wrong or doing this. She would just talk about Jesus, but she would talk in such a way that I remember one time I even said, Mama, do like, do you see Jesus when you're talking to him? Because the intimacy that she had with him was just amazing. And so that's awesome to hear that. Well, tell us, Monica, what led you to GFI? So you're in Texas, you're, you know, you, you taught us a little bit about, you know, coming to Christ. So what was it that led you to Grace Fellowship? Well, back in 2019, I was really struggling with um, codependency issues, anxiety, depression, um, and I admitted myself into the hospital for um substance abuse disorder. Um, I was a binge drinker and I had been for several years and it just got worse throughout the years. And so did my anxiety. Um, Insomnia was really, really bad. And then I developed sleep anxiety. And by the time I went into the hospital, I had been diagnosed with um, severe anxiety, severe depression, um, bipolar 2 disorder, uh, complex PTSD and narcissistic abuse. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was a rough time. And, um, I was placed, uh, throughout the last several years, um, on several different psych medications. Um, we tried anything and everything and nothing ever seemed to work. I was still really battling, uh, severe suicidal thoughts. And by the time I, I, I left, um, Texas, uh, two years ago. Anyway, like I was saying, I was, um, in the hospital. I went inpatient in 2019. I stayed there for 28 days and that's when my recovery journey started. And I started to going, going to, you know, 12 step meetings at first. And, uh, I had been sober for, uh, two years, However, I wasn't free. I was still battling really badly with anxiety and depression and, and not sleeping. And um, my my fears became worse. They were really irrational. And I started to develop some phobias that I had never had before. Um, by that time, I quit my job. And uh, I got in the car and I was just going to drive drive to Alabama. I was just taking a break from life, taking a break from my career. Um, and I drove to Alabama and I, I heard, um, Aaron Kim's YouTube video on, and he was, you know, talking about insomnia, um, anxiety, depression, and how God had delivered him. And, uh, I was desperate because not only were the suicidal thoughts so severe, I I actually had a plan, and mm. it scared me. And I knew I was I, I was just so close to doing it. I listened to his videos, and it, they really resonated with me. And I reached out and contacted Grace Fellowship International, and I started. Um, whenever I got back to Texas, I started Zoom counseling at that time on over the phone, and then. Um, eventually a couple months later um moved here wow and just really you know poured into um 
the Bible and really understanding it because I had had, like Aaron has said in the past, all this head knowledge, but no heart belief. I was trying to live the Christian life in my own strength instead of resting in Christ's sufficiency. And and like I learned with John, I was living under the law and not under grace. So therefore, I never knew how to surrender. Wow. Mark, this reminds me that uh, Jane, our co-counselor, and I would meet with Monica over Zoom so we could see her in her Houston home there and uh, detected how sincere she was, but also how desperate she was. And yet there was a real sense of determination that she wanted to discover God's answer. She was looking for a Christ-centered solution. And Monica, we're so encouraged at your, the openness of your heart and that you did delve into the reading, the learning, and allowed the Holy Spirit to lead you forward in your freedom journey. Yes, everything. I was so desperate that everything John told me to read or watch or anything. I mean, I was just hungry for it. And I was, you know, I just wanted out of my head and out of myself so bad. And so I would, I would read everything and just let it soak in and meditate on, you know, the scriptures and just over and over. Mm. Wow. Well, if you're listening to this podcast and maybe you haven't been following along, uh, Monica mentioned Aaron Kim and we have his glimpse of grace on episode number four, if you want to go back and listen to that. But Monica, let me ask this, because if I heard you correctly, so you had been sober for a little while, but then still struggling with some of these emotional issues, thus led you to the drive to Alabama, listening to Aaron, calling us. So what were some of those things? What were some of those first moments like you're, you're, you're having Zoom with uh, John and um, and Jane, what were what was some of that uh, those first moments with that? Was that you know was this a kind of a quick thing? Was this something where you're you're listening and thinking I got to think about this a little bit longer? Like walk us through what was what was going through your mind and your heart as you're listening to some of the things that we talk about here at Grace Fellowship. It was definitely a slow progress. Um, it was just. It, it took some time, you know, with me reading and trying to comprehend what grace was because I I had control issues. I wanted to control my life and everything that I've always done. And um, I just couldn't get myself to a place of to surrender my life and let God take over. So it was a process. Yeah. Um, for sure. We're in this process did things like surrender come to play for you to understand and really say that, you know, I need to surrender this to, to the Lord? And then also, where did identification in this process come for you? Where you began to really understand, wait a minute, it wasn't just that Jesus died for me, I died with him. And it wasn't just that, you know, he went to the tomb and was resurrected, but I went there with him and was resurrected and ascended. When did those truths become true for you in this process? Probably a year into the counseling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the identification, it, it definitely was a process as, um, as John would begin to explain, you know, the, the, the wheel line diagram to me. And, um, and I would have to, it, it, because I was struggling so much with my sleep and I, 
I had gone from, when I first started, I was getting like four hours of sleep every three days. Oh, wow. Oh, so it was really hard for me to comprehend any any of the teaching that yeah. I was learning. Yeah. You know, it, it so it took some time. Yeah. For sure. And, um, you know, but once I got it, I got it. And it, it was so simple. And I just complicated everything. <laughs> we do that. We do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got to ask this because I think if I'm a listener, I'm thinking this and I'm thinking it too. So I want to ask this for all of us. Mm-hmm. When in this process then does sleep come? Uh, gradually over time, I had to learn to surrender that too and just accept whatever I got. Um, I had been on so many different medications for so long and none of them worked um, and some of them made it worse. And so I stopped taking all my medications, every single last one of them, over two years ago. And uh, I started just uh, accepting whatever sleep I got and being okay with it and letting God worry about the consequences of my sleep. And as I did that, it started to get better. And now everybody's probably wondering how much I sleep every night now. And it <laughs> it, it, it varies. I mean, I'm not on any medications. And it could be four and a half hours one night and seven the next or, yeah. you know, five the next. Um, yeah. But it's always consistent. But I just... Um, I just accept it now and I go on and live my life. I don't, it doesn't, you know, bother me like it used to. Yeah. Wow. There's a paradox in scripture, right, Monica, where our Lord says that if we try to save our life, we end up losing it. But if we lose our life for Christ's sake, we find it. So it seems that as you relinquish control to the Lord and trust that his grace would be sufficient for you, that you did start to sleep better. You did start to have more joy and peace and Jane and I were so encouraged to see how, as you with childlike faith accepted God's grace and his truth and were trusting him more and more, that your peace kept increasing. And that even led you to have a uh, change of location and move here to the Great Smoky Mountains area. So we've gotten to know you as a neighbor as well as a a fellow disciple in terms of the grace message. Yes. uh, Moving was one of the best things I've ever done. For sure. After I became an empty nester, um, you know, a lot of my trauma was there. And uh, I just, I did. I needed that new, fresh start. And just, you know, it was it was an act of faith and courage, you know, for sure, to pick up and move somewhere where I didn't know anyone. I had only met y'all on, on Zoom and then one meeting whenever I came up. And uh, I just, you know, took a chance and I felt led by the Lord for sure, and it's been a wonderful experience. And God has provided you other brothers and sisters that have become meaningful friends in your life, like virtual family, you've said to me, uh, mutual friends that, that we appreciate, and also your local church. Monica, it was intriguing to me that the career that you've alluded to was actually as a nurse, mm-hmm. and uh, so you were dedicated to helping people, especially physically, but as the Lord was restoring your soul and improving um, the amount of sleep that you would get and led you to go off of those psychotropic meds, which, by the way, listeners, we don't advise people to take or not take meds. That's between them and the Lord and their doctor. But God led you along that path. 
And then eventually when you came here, um, you didn't start back right away as a nurse, did you? No, I didn't. I actually was, I've been a nurse for 28 years and um, I was pretty burned out of nursing and I needed a break. Um, I I was nursing during the whole COVID pandemic. And so I took a break and I started waiting tables here at a local diner, Mel's Diner. And I had the time of my life waiting tables and interacting and just meeting people from all over the place. So you delivered a lot of grits to uh, local customers <laughs> along with their, their eggs and biscuits. And, and uh, I remember seeing you there uh, zipping from table to table with your coworkers. And so it was a different kind of work, right? It wasn't more uh, with the stressful um, medical work, but it was certainly giving you some exercise. But eventually God led you to uh, step back into that role as a nurse. Could you tell us about that transition? Yeah, well, um, you know, it, it, it got to, it's very seasonal here in Pigeon Forge, and so it got to that slow time, and it was just, it was time for me to go back to nursing, um, and I prayed about it, and, and, you know, and the only type of nursing that I could go to was was what I have experienced over the last couple of years. So it was mental health and addiction, and so that's where God led me, and I've been working in that ever since. Has your spiritual journey helped you to care for your patients more in a holistic way in terms of encouraging them and pointing them to spiritual solutions? Absolutely. It's it's just such a blessing. I mean, because they come in, and I know firsthand the desperation that I see whenever they come to me. And, uh, you know, when they're just crying, they're suicidal, they, they have no hope to live, anything else. And we we sit down and we, we pray, and then I I share my story, and I always get the same thing every time. What? You too? You're in recovery? You don't look like it. And I'm like, I get that everywhere I go. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah, it hits all of us. So it doesn't matter what we look like. And I think they appreciate, Monica, your honesty, your sincerity, and that smile of yours and the hope mm-hmm. that you have in Christ. And part of your experience has been also in a penitentiary um, arrangement in a jail. What was that like? Yeah, that was wonderful. Um, you know, I always say, for the grace of God, there go I. You know, everybody has heard that saying before. But um, we just don't ever know anyone's story. None of us are to be judgmental of anyone. And so I felt like God wanted me to work in correctional nursing. Um, and that's where I f- first really um, started dealing with uh drug addiction also was in the jail and uh, which led me later on to, um, you know, recovery centers to work in with addiction one-on-one. But it was, it was really interesting. Um, You have to earn the respect and trust of the inmates because a lot of them have had PT, have PTSD from abuse and you, you hear their stories and, you know, I mean, wow. Yeah. Wow is all I can say. Mm. You never know what someone has walked through. And then the pattern of addiction that you see in in the treatment centers and the jail, how it just gets repeated from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's just astounding. And the freedom that our Lord offers is not just a temporary recovery based on discipline and self-effort, but he wants to heal our broken hearts and set us free from those chains that bind us. And it's encouraging, Monica, that you point them to the spiritual solutions we have in the gospel. 
Let me also mention that one of the lessons I know that God has been teaching you is is contentment, and Colossians 2.10 says we're complete in Christ. So you know what it's like to be a mom. You have a you're a mother of three and a grandmother of how many? Three. Okay. All right. Um, but you also know what it's like to be single. So what's it been like for you to learn about how the Christ Center life gives you grace in this season of being? Now you're engaged. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations! But uh, tell us about that concept in terms of finding contentment and grace in Christ. You know, I am so glad you asked that because my oldest daughter. Kaylee always says, Mama, your picker is broken. (laughs) And she was right. Um, I chose, uh, when you get into recovery, they say you've got to stay single your first year of sobriety. And so I actually stayed single my first four years. Um, And uh, I I was not healthy enough to date. Um, I needed to work on me and, and heal Monica so I could attract a good person because... I just attracted, you know, bad all the time and, and abusive men. Um, you know, um, I had a very low self-esteem. I didn't know my self-worth. Um, I didn't think I was good enough. And you know, just all these negative characteristics that I had. And so, of course, the men that I chose or that picked me saw that in me. And so... You know, I really had to work on that, and um, the best thing I ever did for myself was stay single, and then once I got healthy enough, I actually attracted a healthy guy. So yeah, God-fearing man, um, so it's wonderful. That's the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything you need will be added unto you, and he will meet our needs, and he's been guiding you step by step, Monica, as you've learned to wait upon him. So congratulations, we pray God's blessing on you and your relationships. Um, you alluded to low self-worth and things like that. What did what did it mean to you as you've learned about your union with Christ uh, to learn that you have an identity that's positive and secure, a royal identity, even a princess? <laughs> I do. I do. It's amazing because uh, one of the things I learn, and um, you know, this goes back also, I, w- I was very codependent. And so I had made my past relationships, my higher power instead of God as my God. And whenever I realized that, that's when things, God really began to shift shift everything for me because he was my God. And so he began to just really, truly heal my heart and all those wounds um, that I had from the past. You know, I had shared with you, I had felt rejection ever since childhood. And, and so many people that struggle with addiction, their number one thing that I see now is abandonment and rejection. And um, it mine started when my, my dad committed suicide when I was seven. My, um, my years later, my brother ended up committing suicide. And that's when I thought for sure I was going to. And then... Um, you know, my mom had been married several times and, you know, several several men came in and out of the house. And, you know, once I found out, though, who I was in Christ, everything began to shift and I developed boundaries. Boundaries are so important. Mm-hmm. 
And I really started to develop some really strong, healthy boundaries. I learned to stand up for myself and not be a doormat and um, found my self-worth. And it it's just so beautiful to see. And, and now I'm really starting to experience the beauty for ashes. And someone said God gives the best to those that leave the choice to him. So it's great to find that uh, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, he gives us the desire of our heart, and that's ultimately him. But also, as you say, you become more healthy, you have those wise boundaries, then he can lead you step by step toward his guidance and relationships. Yes. I think it's amazing. You you mentioned this, Monica, and John, you've alluded to it as well about people's story. And I think it's just, it's so easy to judge people when you don't know their story. I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you. And uh, of course, we just met a year ago when I came here as executive director. But you're sharing my dad committed suicide. My brother committed suicide. I just think when we don't understand the stories, we don't understand all the rejection that you've gone through your entire life. It's easy then to say to somebody, suck it up or stop being depressed or why are you drinking or this or this when really none of us have it all together. Right. Everybody has something. We're all carrying something, which is why we even say in a lot of our opening lines, everyone struggles with fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, or some emotional issue. What if we told you you could exchange that life for one of victory? You interested? Everyone's interested because everyone knows they're dealing with something. But I think just listening to you now, and John alluded to your smile. You've been smiling the whole time you're talking, and I love it. I wish we had video of of all of that. And, and John, you're smiling too, because I think you've probably, you know, you're hearing this, and there's got to be kind of maybe like a, a proud moment for you too, right? Like share a little bit about what you see now versus what you saw Zoom a couple of years ago and some of those just huge changes that you've seen in Monica's life. Well, as Monica shared um, in a seminar that she attended and also our Monday night Zoom meeting, she shared a bit about her breakthrough um, a while back. It's so encouraging to see that when we deal with the heart, the Lord is able to heal that broken heart, and He's able to lead us step by step. And Jane and I learned right along with you, Monica, as you opened your heart to the Lord, as you accepted more and more truth. Remember the pineapple story, my yes. auto coning? Um, it's available on YouTube. It talks about this missionary who learned how to surrender his rights to God, and otherwise he's always stressed out and frustrated and angry. But so many of us have enjoyed his testimony. And as you, as you alluded to, did the so-called homework, the Holy Spirit used that in your life. So as we prepared for uh, this conversation today and looked through my notes, I said, well, we just had your second anniversary of, of meeting you and and we're so thankful for how God has led you um, to find freedom in Christ and also in your role as a nurse, not only helping people's physical needs, but I know that you have a vision uh, to help people spiritually and to point them to the freedom that we have in Christ. Would you like to say something more about the burden you have to help others? Yes. Well, um, you know, I'm also, I've also started volunteering with uh, Focus Ministries here in Knoxville at the at the jail and uh now moving on to South Carolina and I'm 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 hoping to start doing that there in South Carolina as well in addition to continue working in addiction it's um my life is never going to be normal again I can't go back to the old nursing that I used to do because um I've got to God uses our pain 
and I'm very transparent and open about it now. Um, part of the delay in my healing was because it w- of all the shame I had behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I didn't want to take the mask off, you know, because like I looked like I had it all together. And so as soon as, you know, someone, th- I, I remember going to my family practice doctor and this was like several years ago. And I was like, you know, I'm really struggling with depression. And he said, <laughs> The stupidest thing I've ever heard. He said, you don't look like you have depression. And I thought, did you really just say that? Like, <laughs> what is somebody? And so, you know, we have to take the mask off, you know, and, and, and I think because of what I worried so much about what everybody thought about me that I did have that mask on, that mask of shame. Right. And I didn't want everyone to know that, hey, I, I don't have it all together, you know. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm a single mom and, you know, the, the you know financial stuff going on. And, you know, I had a kid going through addiction problems too. And, I mean, it was – life was hard. But I did. I stayed behind that mask. Um, and just didn't want to, you know, expose it. And that delayed my healing. And I, the, the thing is, is whenever, you know, our patients come in where I'm working at now, you know, I tell them it's time to take off the mask. Like there is no place for shame here. You are not alone. And I, I tell them my story and, um, you know, and I tell them the things I did and they're like, what? Oh my God, I did that too. And I did that too. And I'm like, yeah, we all do. We just don't want to share it and talk about it because we're fearful of what someone else is going to think. But healing comes whenever we share and say, Hey, me too. Me Mm. too. Yeah. It reminds us of the Beatitude, Monica, that our Lord said, uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So the cross of Christ for us deals with our guilt, right? Our, our need for forgiveness. But our union with Christ, which we emphasize here in the broadcast, Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me, and gave himself for me. As God revealed that to you, Monica, and you appropriated Christ as your life, then that shame fell off, and so you could be transparent. Mm -hmm. And so it's so encouraging to see that you have a vision to help people find freedom, not by self-effort or by the law, but by grace. And we just are so thankful to uh, give you this opportunity to give a word of praise to the Lord, and we glorify Him for all He's doing in and through your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. He gets the glory for everything in my life. Everything. Amen. I couldn't do it without him. And as I was on my healing journey, I, you know, gosh, whenever I was still struggling mentally, but, you know, God was transforming me slowly. And I would just say, you're working this for my good. You know, Romans eight twenty eight. I would just cling so fast to that scripture when good things would happen or bad things. Okay, you're working this for my good. And slowly, you know, my fears started to fade away. Anxiety started to fade. Um, you know, your grace is sufficient. I held on to that scripture. And then, like you just quoted, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And and I would just keep dying to myself and dying to myself. And, you know, um, surrender and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Surrender and acceptance. And it's just a constant state of surrender for me to, like, you know, this is your will, Lord. This is your will. Yeah. And have your way. Yeah, that's so good. 
Monica, is there a takeaway or a couple of takeaways that you learned while you were at Grace Fellowship that you've not mentioned that when you think about your time with us that you think would be good to share with our listeners? Y'all were always available to me, especially John and Aaron. Um, gosh, anytime I was just having what I called a breakdown, Aaron was always available. I can message him or or John also, and and it would so, some encouraging words or encouraging scripture just to get me over over the hump. And uh, what I've learned is is to be available always for people, no matter what. If they need, you know, a phone call or a text or anything, that's the biggest takeaway. Was was just it wasn't a time schedule or anything like oh we're only here eight to five. I mean, no, it wasn't like yeah. that for me at all. And so, um, you know, y'all were always there during the most difficult seasons of my life. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, bear each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And when we do that, Monica, splashes of grace come back on us as well as we've seen you grow and see the precious lessons God's teaching you. So we're so thankful for God leading you in this way that we can walk together. Yeah. Well, Monica, let me ask you one last question before we let you go. Let's say someone's listening. They're, you know, running, doing some exercise. They're driving in the car however they're listening to this podcast, what would you say to someone who is listening and maybe they were like you in the sense of I'm wearing the mask, I'm just trying to keep it all together, but they're just one more something away from losing it. What might you say to that person who's listening right now to help them to find some victory? Don't give up hope. You're not alone. God is there and reach out to someone. Don't sit with it. Isolation is the enemy's playground. And mm-hmm. the enemy wanted to, whenever I isolated, you know, that's where he wanted to take a hold of, captive of my mind and my thoughts. And, you know, um, in a way I let him because I chose to sit in that isolation instead of reaching out for help, um, you know, as much as I needed to. I just thought that, I was so much of a burden, so I didn't want to keep reaching out. And whoever's out there listening, you're not a burden. You're not alone. Reach out and keep reaching out and and keep doing the recovery. Keep doing the work and keep reading the Bible. God is there. He's there with you. You know, listen to podcasts. Do whatever you have to do. But reach out and get help. But God, sit one-on-one with a biblical counselor and learn your identification in Christ. Because when you learn that, it changes how you perceive the world. Your perception completely changes. And my glass was always half empty. Now it's half full. It's amazing. Praise the Lord. Monica, thank you so much for coming by today. And uh, doing this interview. What an amazing story. God bless you. I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm ready to go tackle the world, John. Amen. Reminds me of the story of Peter walking on the water. As long as his eyes were on Jesus, he was supernaturally upheld. But when the wind and the waves distracted him, poor Peter started to sink. And so, Monica, as we think about your journey the last two years, as we think about our own challenges, 
we're prone to being distracted by life's pains, whether it's from the news or whether it's through our own personal challenges. But as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus as our Savior, Lord, in life, His grace is sufficient, and He says that abundant life is going to be gifted to us one day at a time. Yeah. That's so true. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening today, and I also want to echo what Monica said. And if you are struggling with anything, please reach out to someone. You can always reach out to us at hello at gracefellowshipinternational.com. We would love to sit down with you. We would love to have a Zoom session with you. Uh, You can go to our website, gracefellowshipinternational.com. You can learn more about some of the resources that we have and some of the ways that we can help you, whether that is counseling or coaching, all of these things that are available. You can follow us on social media where we're posting. Uh, We're going to have some upcoming webinars that are uh, that will be available for you to attend via Zoom. Don't forget you can download our app in the Apple Store or on Google Play. There you will find additional resources that will help you uh, learn more about what we do here at Grace Fellowship International. But once again, thanks for Monica for coming by. Thank you, John, for all that you do, and God bless you all. Thank you for listening to Glimpses of Grace. We pray today guided you into a more complete and victorious identity in Christ. If you would like more information about Grace Fellowship International, please visit us online at www.gracefellowshipinternational.com. If you would like to contact us, please send us an email, hello at gracefellowshipinternational.com. We hope you have a great day.